Hey family, thank you for turning into Our Roots Podcast with Joseph Babai Fa, where only the strongest roots see the light. Brought to you by Boltaniga Candles and more. And if you haven't had the opportunity, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button, share button, like button, and be sure to comment, right? Um, once again, uh, the woman to my left, um, we're going to go ahead and introduce her, even though she's been on episodes before and she's going to be on many more. Um, a woman with... Over 10 years of initiation into the Orisha that we're going to be speaking about today um, with countless experiences within Orisha initiation and time within this culture, Miss Erica Oshunporoye. Welcome. Thank you. It's an honor to be talking about mom. Oh, man. Mom, there's nothing like being part of the yellow team. And if you've guessed it, this episode today is going to be on Oshun, right? Probably and possibly the most popular Orisha within the Yoruba pantheon worldwide, right? Um, in Cuba, there was an old saying that all the men wanted to be sons of Shango and all the women wanted to be uh, daughters of Oshun because she was the example of femininity. But today we're going to get into who is this woman, who was she, beyond all the superficial aspects, right? A couple different qualities about her. Um, she was a queen. Um, you know, when we talk about African culture, especially Yoruba culture, um, you know, it's very royal based or royally emphasized, right? Where everybody has the opportunity to be royalty, where it's not something that's selective. It's something that we aspire to regardless of a crown or not. But in actuality, this woman was uh, royalty, right? And her following within Nigeria um, is focused and based on a land known as Oshogbo, right? So that was one of her characteristics. So says quite a bit about her character. She likes luxurious things. She likes opulent things. And you're going to see a lot of these characteristics within her children as well. Um, even though it can be somewhat of a contradicting factor, because even with all of that, you know, present, she was also very humble. And we're going to get into a couple of those stories that really show the diversity and complexity within this uh, this Orisha. Another characteristic of who was Oshun, um, she was the Apete B of Orumila, right? Orumila being the Orisha of divination, he who manipulated the Fa Oracle to perfection. Um, Oshun was his wife, not only physically, socially, but also spiritually, where she occupied the role of Apete B where she's recognized as the woman that most knew Ifa, being that without Oshun, Orumila was unable to perform all of his tasks, the same way that the Babalawo, without his Apetebi, which I have mine to my left, nothing is possible. So once again, huge role within this spirituality. Apart from that, she is also the leader of a group known as the Iami Oshoronga, right? The Iami um, you know, are, are kind of grotesquely referred to as the witches, right? But usually in a more formal and polite context, we refer to them as the elders of the night, right? And they are these feminine ancestral energies that when not appeased can wreak havoc on the life of, you know, not only the spiritual practitioners of Ifa, but human beings in general, right? So another huge role that, um, this woman occupied. And then 
to kind of round it out, amongst other things that we're going to talk about, she is also known as the Ialode. And the Ialode, most commonly you know, referred to as Ialode, which is a, 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 a name used for her, um, is a position of title within Nigerian Ifa culture, right? Where Ia means mother and Lode means of the town or of the space where she was recognized as an elder. So this is all the things that are recognized. But, um, you know, being an initiate myself of this Orisha within the Lukumi context, we're going to kind of get into what Oshun represents to each of us. So what I'm going to start off with, Poroye, is who is Oshun to you? Oshun to me is, um, well, you know, she's my guardian angel, first and foremost. Um, she looks out for me. Um, she has given me so much, um, so many blessings and protection. And she has taught me so much as a stern mother that she is. Oh, yeah. How to progress, how to character build. Um, and, uh, you know, she is everything to me. Um, I adore Oshung. I appreciate her every day. And I respect her very much so. Well said. Uh, Oshung to me, um, she is a little, she's very complex, right? Um, because even though she is seen as the Orisha of love, money, honey, and happiness, she can also represent all of the contrary. And I think it kind of goes back to a concept of where in Ifa you represent one thing, you can also represent its duality. So the same way Oshun could be the Orisha of love, she can also be the one to manifest hatred, right? Most importantly within ourselves, because being in a lack of frequency or, you know, being not aligned with this deity can put you in positions where you're not going to like yourself very much, just based on the conditions that are going to be a result of not being in tune with her. Um, when we talk about love, everyone goes to Oshun for love, right? You know, the man I want to be with, the woman I want to be with, the person I want to be with. She can make all that happen. But at the same time, she can make you very unhappy when we don't or are unable to accomplish or achieve that goal of being with that person or even loving ourselves, right? Because she went through all these things while she was alive and present, you know, and ultimately that leads to happiness. A lot of people on the channel of um, Joseph Babaifa and Botanica Candles and more ask, what are the characteristics of the child of Oshun? In personal experience, um, very intelligent people, very analytical people. Um, they might not fit the stereotype that may be portrayed right now of being bubbly and being a little bit superficial. I would say our brothers might be some of the most humble when they're aligned, because when you're a child of this Orisha, you understand all of the hardship that you go through and how you can have very much one day and very little the next, you know, and one of the themes we're going to go over today is um, when Oshun was going through poverty and she had to humble herself in front of nature where she lost everything, whether it was her partner, whether it was her children, whether it was her economic status. Um, the children of Oshun as well are very ambitious. Um, the hustle, as I like to call it, because when you go through experiences like that in a past life, as well as looking towards a future, you never want to be in that position again. So it causes them to be very ambitious and very much go-getters. They're, they're kind of people that when they say they're going to do something, they're going to get it done before they probably even say it. They're very action-based, right? Um, and before I pass it to Poroye to kind of go over what she sees in the Oshun priesthood or within her children, um, 
love, very loving people, very open people, very happy people, very funny people. You know, if I don't say so myself, um, they're, they're people you want to be around, you know, on, on, when you're on good terms. But, you know, the old Olorisha would say, you know, the same way the children of Oshun are honey, they're also vinegar, right? So you definitely want to, not that it's a matter of fear, it's just a matter of consideration where you, you definitely don't want to hurt these people because, you know, the response could be uh could be very uncomfortable right so i have to ask you poroye what are some of the characteristics that you've noticed within the children of oshun i think that first and foremost um the i think male and female energy is a little different for me oh yes as far as the children of oshun um the men what i've noticed um just from what i've seen very charismatic people um you know they kind of attention their attention getters not necessarily seekers um you often you're gonna find like the male male children of um oshun like in some kind of maybe entertainment or you know in the public eye or things like that because they're very charismatic in that way um i think they're friendlier that i have found as far as you know their demeanor um a little nicer but you know bad temper just like mom just like oshun but um, the, I think the female children of Oshun, that female energy, is a little more complex. Um, what I notice is that, you know, even we have to work on our character a lot um, because we have very strong characters. Um, we can be borderline confrontational. Um, so these are things that throughout life we need to work on as the children of Oshun. Um, where I think the female children, the female energy comes across um, dominant um ambitious as well um i think charismatic as well for for the female energy but one of the things i noticed um i think the female children of oshun we kind of hit people wrong <laughs> i like i've gotten this so much where people say man when i first saw you i hated you I but then i got to know you and you know you're so sweet but when i first saw you you just you seemed like a horrible person so i guess we have this kind of you know this wall up maybe um or you know i really don't know what it is but i know i've always said the people that i've gotten along least with you know i'm sorry to say is the children of oshun because we're all we just it's, it's a t difficult personalities i have a strong personality you have a strong personality um and so it's, it's it's hard to get along with. Of course, I'm not referring to you, honey. Do you remember when I'm we first met? I'm talking about the female. Yo, do you remember when <laughs> we first met? It was real crazy. I remember I walked into the Botanica. Not this Botanica. And uh, I remember we kind of looked at each other. And I remember that interaction. And uh, I was like, man, she's beautiful. But, man, she just, she's so standoffish. You know, how could she shake my hand so weak? You know, like, oh, my God. And, you know, we actually got together. And. You told me how you felt about me. I'm like, man, it's crazy that we got to this place because we even even within each other, you know, and I tell you some of the best interactions with people come when that first interaction is a little not confrontational, but there's like distance There's a little bit of standoffishness because you're really analyzing each other. You're finding yeah. something interesting in each other, you know, and, and other characteristics, I would say um, really good spiritists, you know, within the practice of Ifan Orisha, especially in the Lukumi aspect, you, you hear a lot of um, grandeur about the children of Yemaya. And they're really fabulous. To all the, the, the brothers and sisters out there on the blue team, you guys really naturally have quite a gift when it comes to the muerto. But I will say, spending a large um, portion of my apprenticeship there and really seeing multiple misas and mediums, 
um, the children of Oshun are very gifted. You know, I, I remember my godfather would tell me stories about um, his godmother, um, Estrella Ocantomi, who lived in La Habana Vieja, who she was an excellent card thrower. Um, you know, in your experience, have you, I mean, obviously besides yourself, I mean, overall, have you seen that the children of Oshun have an aptitude for that? Yes, I, I have. I think that um, I, I've seen in practice the children of Oshun are amazing. You know, they're amazing mediums. Um, a lot of them just have very natural abilities. Um, a lot of the Oshuns that I've worked with, the children of Oshun, um, they have the ability to come into trance as well. It's very common. And I guess I would attribute it to, you know, being being the mother, having Oshun being the mother of the river, right? Of that water, that fluidity, right, is something that we kind of carry within us. So I have seen and noticed that, yes, the children of Oshun have uh, proven to be very good natural mediums. Absolutely. And I think that really goes to, you know, very emotional people and um, not in a bad way, but people that are very in touch with their spirituality and um, are trying to delve deeper, just like into the river water. Um, they're definitely perfectionists where the son of Oshun or daughter of Oshun has to accept that perfection is the enemy of progress, right? Sometimes we just have to accept, hey, this is how things came out. And we need to just move on because, you know, we have so much to do and accomplish, whether it's within a spiritual context or professionally, we have to understand did things come out satisfactory. Not everything's going to be epic or perfect. You know, we just have to move forward. Right. Um, very honest people. Um, sometimes, you know, usually honesty is uh, is ugly and, you know, a lie is beautiful, but we definitely don't don't delve into that. The children of Oshun, I've noticed, are very honest, very political, um, but honest nonetheless. Um, and we like to sleep. I notice we really like to rest. I definitely um, like to sleep. Very opulent people in that regard. We really don't like to move a lot, you know. And um, I think another thing to tap into is um, really the character of the vulture, you know. And it, you speak of that duality with Oshun between the vulture and the peacock, how one really led to the other, you know. When the peacock um, in the Odu of Eyobe saw that the world was going to end, and they needed help, um, she said, and she put it upon herself, I'm going to save the world, where the children of Oshun have to be very careful trying to save. Um, and she said, I'm going to go to heaven no matter what it takes. But by way of her flying to heaven and getting closer to the sun or Olorun, um, her feathers started to turn black and burn, etc. And when she got to heaven, she was half dead, where Olodumare told her, please give this, give this creature some water. Where Oshun, in her manifestation of Ikole, which is both of our paths, um, said, you know, I'm here because earth needs water. And Olodumari said, they're not going to appreciate you for what you've done. And you still want to save them because he had punished them with a drought because they weren't practicing Ifa or they weren't, you know, really taking things seriously. And Oshun said, you know, I just want them to be well regardless. With time, they'll understand my sacrifice. And he sent the rains, you know, and that's why you see that duality within the personality of her children, whether either you're the peacock you're very open, you're very jovial, you're very, you know, um, accepting. And then you have the other ha aspect of things, which is the vulture. The vulture is actually not a violent uh, animal. You know, it doesn't eat anything that can, you know, really, it can harm. You know, it's already transitioned. So um, you just have to get to know it. You have to pet it. You have to make it feel comfortable. You know, if you notice the vulture is kind of, you know, sketchy, he'll jump away from things and he'll get scared very easily. Um, and that's kind of reminiscent of 
that behavior. You know, have you seen that phenomenon as well, where you kind of see that distance? And we, we just said it right now, even when we met each other, we were kind of gauging each other. So do you feel that's accurate? Definitely. Um, I can definitely associate that story with uh, what I've seen in real life. And, um, you know, it just goes to show, you know, the children of Oshun, uh, what I see is that we love hard. We love hard and, yes. and, and we love others above ourselves sometimes. And that's something we, we, you know, we need to work on as far as character building. But, um, you know, it just goes to show that, you know, it's not what it seems on the outside where, you know, Oshun is seen to be, you know, this, you know, just beautiful, you know, being and, you know, just sensual and all these things that that's great. But, you know, when you really, really, really delve into who she was and who she is, um, then you see all the sacrifices and all of the pain that she actually went through. Very well put. And, you know, when you're the Odisha of love, you know, everybody's very interested in, you know, what was Ochun's love life like? And, um, you know, you can't really mention that whole epic without mentioning men mentioning a gentleman named Shango, right? Who is Shango? Shango is the epitome of masculinity and virility, right? He's charismatic. He was a drummer. He was a dancer. He was a man's man. Everybody wanted to be just like him. And Oshun was actually the epitome of epitome of what women wanted to be, you know, beautiful, sensual, well-dressed, perfume, all of those archetypes. Um, but ironically, these two people couldn't have been less compatible. When we look at the mythology of Ifa, um, at least from a relationship standpoint, um, Oshun and Shango had a very up and down relationship, right? And one that ultimately didn't last. You know, when we look at the Odu of Obaraobe, it speaks of when Oshun was a queen, right? One of the things we mentioned. And she had everything any woman could ask for. But the one thing she didn't have was love. So there was a gentleman that lived in the village whose name was Shango. And Shango here, at least in this Odu, he wasn't a king yet. You know, he came from, you know, a family of, I guess, some prestige. But he himself really wasn't anybody to consider. You know, he hadn't done anything. But Oshun, having all of these characteristics, said, you know, I'm really interested in that man. Um, I want to give him a shot, you know. So she got close to him. They started fraternizing and courting each other. And she says, I want to make you a king. You know, I'll give you the crown. I'll give you legitimacy. You'll have everything you want and need. And Shango said, sure. You know, she made it very easy for him. And she wasn't ugly. So how could he say no? But the issue was, is Shango, once he had all this luxury and all this capability, he started getting distracted. What were Shango's distractions? He had an alcohol habit. He was in all the drummings. He was a little bit of a philanderer. And Oshun's patience, little by little, started growing thin, right? Until one night, Shango came through the door um, in one of his, you know, uh, drunken rages. And Oshun said, you know, I'm getting really tired of this conduct. You know, I can't live like this. I've given you everything and you've given me less than half. And Shango, in his stupor, raised his hands to her, right? Where at that moment, Oshun was so taken off guard, um, she decided to, you know, basically at that moment, a victim from the house. And there was a thunder and lightning storm and a rainstorm going on outside. When Olodumare saw that Shango had struck his daughter, who was Oshun, being that she is recognized as one of his legitimate daughters, he actually sent a lightning bolt and it killed Shango. And when Shango died, his crown fell on the ground. And Elegua 
who's always watching everything, picked up the crown and went running back to Oshun's palace where she was crying on the floor, and he gave her back Shango's crown, where Elegua said, this always belonged to you. Oshun, from that point forward, you know, not the most beautiful tale, kind of lived in misery and solitude because the man she loved the most wasn't ready for all of that pressure. So, you know, Poroye, hearing hearing that pataki, um, is it safe to say that, you know, from time to time we can see the parallels between that story and and kind of the the transcendency, you know, from a romantic standpoint of the daughters of Oshun, or, you know, in general, you know, all that women can gain from that literature, you know? I, you know, I think, yes, um, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things that is important for anyone to understand is that, you know, sometimes we want what we want at all costs. And even if that may not be the best thing for us in the story, Oshun gave Chango everything, but what was he bringing to the table? That's really the question, right? Exactly. That Oshun, unfortunately, um, had to learn, had to experience a lifetime of, of sorrow and sadness learning that. Um, really, there was nothing that she could do um, to change his character, to change what he was going to do, the decisions that he was going to make. And I think that just relationships in general, um, it's important to, to learn from a story like that and learn from Oshun's history. In that if we want to have a good love and we want to have good relationships, it has there has to be a balance and um, there has to be a give or take. And we can't give all of ourselves if we're not getting in return. And I, I think that's what we need to learn from that story and that misery that Oshun went through um, ultimately so that we can learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's why I love that we're doing this topic so much because Oshun is fabulous, right? She's amazing. But these are the things that people don't know about her. So sometimes, you know, people be like, oh, I want to be a child of Oshun or, you know, I want to tap into that Oshun energy. You know, what does that really mean? You know, I'll never forget. I have a godson named Rafiq. He's a son of Ogun, and we're definitely going to have him on the podcast. He told me, he said, Padrino, you know, everybody wants to be Oshun and down with Oshun, but they're not ready for the goat, you know, and I laughed because I'm like, you know, they're not, you know, a lot of people aren't. They're thinking makeup beauty and, and she is all that but she has a very different side to her right that vulture side you know after hearing that pataki most people would think oh my god how could these two energies ever interact with each other how could a child of shango and a child of Oshun maintain a relationship or you know one of the big questions that we're going to be touching on today that has been asked is can Oshun children crown shango children in ifa and orisha and vice versa so what we do here at Our Roots is we're, we present the information and people, you know, are going to come to their conclusions. I, I have seen relationships um, between, you know, Shango and Oshun children that have lasted very long. I've seen others that have not lasted long at all. I have heard of very knowledgeable Olorisha, um, Oriates, crowning Shango children being Oshun children and them living very long. And then others, you know, having a different life expectancy. But, you know, could we say that that's a result of the process or not? That's what this next this next set of stories is for. So in the same Odu of Obaraobe was where in the land of Oshobo, Oshun was initiating a lot of people into her mysteries. She has a huge following. And even in other Odus, like the one of Oyekun Pelekana, it says Oshun it will always be one of the fourth or the foremost 
represented Orishas on Earth as far as followers. I'll never forget I went to Cuba one time and every other Yawo I saw had yellow and honey beads on. I was like, whoa, there's so many of us. So Oshun was killing it. She had a bunch of followers. Now, mind you, in the land of Oyo was Shango. He was king and, you know, they weren't having as many, you know, patrons. You know, many people weren't trying to initiate into his priesthood. So Shango's nature, at least within the mythology of Ifa, he was never shy about being jealous. He was never shy about allowing his emotions to take over. So what he did was, is he started a war with the land of Oshobo, specifically killing all of Oshun's children. Oshun's people, they weren't, you know, soft. They weren't backing down neither. So they were going to war with them and it was a real bloodbath. And... Olodumare saw what was going on and he said, I have to put an end to this because these are the two strongest tribes at the moment. They're going to decimate the population where he called both of them up to heaven. And he said, you know, Shun, what's going on? And she said, father, you know, this guy, I don't know if it's because of our past. I don't know what his deal is, but he's killing all of my kids. And, you know, we're, we're not going to lay down either. And Shango was like, oh, well, she's initiating too many people and, and she's not giving anybody else a chance, even though he was the only one. Um, you know, uh, having an issue with it. So Lodumare looked at both of them and said, well, here, I'll make it easy on you guys. You guys don't interact anymore. That's it. You know, um, if you guys do interact, that's your responsibility. You have to really know each other because I think you guys have progressed within this relationship a little bit quickly and it's causing all this tumultuousness. So you really shouldn't interact. But if you do, it's at your own risk and make sure you know the person rather than judging them by their guardian orisha. Why is this pataki so important? Because this is the one that people utilize to be able to say, hey, Shango and Oshun are taboo, right? The one point I like to make before passing it over to Poroye is that this pataki at no moment expresses Oshun initiating Shango children or Shango initiating Oshun children, right? Or vice versa. So what we have to look at is the context of things, because there's Patakis that say, you know, Obatala's children shouldn't initiate Agayu's children, like in Irosofung, where they went to war, or even in the Oduika Junko, where Oshun's children went to war with Yemaya's children. I personally was crowned by a lady that has, or a woman that has crowned Yemaya. So, you know, Poroye, I'd like to really see what your, uh, your views on this are, because, you know, the Pataki can be interpreted so many ways. How do you feel about it? I think that uh, based on this sign, um, it, it so I think what Orumila is um, advising us is to be careful um, with certain aspects of a relationship between Oshun and Shango. Um, but I also think that my opinion is that um, can we base an entire practice uh, off of maybe one or few stories when how many signs do we have Oof. joseph 256 and each of them has a thousand sixty badagis in the new world that's not including africa so if i was uh if this was my sign my life sign then uh perhaps i wouldn't necessarily based on this information um and these stories i'd be very careful with the relationship i have with the children of shango and maybe understand that it may not be the best thing to crown the children of Shango under this sign. Um, but I, I would come to that conclusion based on whether or not that's my sign or the person that um, that's considering uh, to crown with me, for example, because I'm a child of Oshun. 
And I wouldn't say that I would never, I, me personally, I wouldn't crown the children of Shangul, but it's not because of all these theories that maybe are out there. Um, it's a very personal thing that has to do with my Odu. Yes, ma'am. how I interpret uh, my sign with the children of Shangul. Um, so I made that decision based on that, that it may not be the best decision. But as far as your question, Joseph, as far as the, is that sign, um, it's not one necessarily talking about initiation. I'd be more concerned maybe about relationships. Yeah. Um, and once again, we also have to remember something very important. We don't have to live the negative aspects of these signs. That's what they're there for. They're there to educate us. They're there so that we can learn from them and uh, make better experiences. So I don't think that it's a sentence necessarily because this is the sign and this is the story that um, we necessarily have to interpret it that way. But everybody interprets it differently, and I definitely respect that as well. I think you've gone about it the best of ways because there's a couple elements that you have to analyze before you step into that aspect of a relationship. Let's say spiritually, right? The madrina, she has to look at her odu. She has to look at her spiritual DNA, her, you know, guardian orisha. And then she also has to analyze the odu of the initiate or the iawo, right? And their guardian orisha and how they interacted specifically with each of those signs. And that's why, you know, the babalawo is such a key role because, you know, we literally spend our whole lives studying this literature, where, you know, said Madrina might be like, hey, Baba, you know, I have a godson. He's Obaraobe. You know, he's a son of Shango. I have crowned Oshun and, you know, I'm Obararete. You know, how is this looking? I'm never going to say no. I'm never going to put somebody in a position to hurt themselves neither. But I, I'm never going to necessarily say no because we're all kings and queens here. We all have brains, you know. But at the same time, I am going to present all of the information that's necessary for you to make a, a, a sound decision, you know. And a couple of the exceptions um, that I want to touch on as well before moving on. Um, another Odu that's used to really corroborate the Oshun doesn't touch Shango, vice versa thing is the Odu Obararete. And in this sign, it speaks once again from a relationship context where Shango and Oshun got into a very toxic domestic situation. And Olodumari says, hey, I don't want you guys hurting each other. Stay away from each other. But even in this Odu, there is something that's done for a child of Shango and Oshun to initiate each other. So even in the same Odu, where this is taboo, there are options to be able to go through it, right? And, and some really notable people that I want to mention that actually performed this practice from what I'm seeing um, is one of the pillars of Orisha in Cuba. Her name was Aurora Lamal, also known as Obatola. Even though she was a child of Agayu, from what I understand, she was crowned Shango and initiated many children of Oshun. So... You know, it's 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 really a matter of interpreting all this information and looking at it and seeing, you know, where do we kind of fit in. So one of the things we're going to delve into now is um, Oshun, right? Because Oshun is a pariah because once again, she so, has so much duality, so much complexity. You know, a lot of people look at her as the smallest Orisha, right? Even more so than Elegua. And um, another thing is, even though she's the smallest, a lot of people really fear her. You know, people say, oh, shoom, oh, don't even get me started, right? So I I'd like to see, Poroye, what has been your experience with that? Not only the respect that Oshun has made you have for her, but what you've seen for other people as well. Why does she have that reputation? Um, 
and I'm sure you're going to delve deeper into it. Why is she the smallest and most feared, as we say? Uh-huh. Um, you know, as I was saying before, she's a stern mother. Um, she really doesn't have patience for the nonsense. Um, but at the end of the day, if you if you look at a parent relationship, a parent-child relationship, you know, it as a parent, it's our job to teach our children, to guide our children, um, to discipline our children when need be. Because we care about them and we want what's best for them. And I think that it's important for us to understand as the children of Oshun that it comes from a place that she wants us to grow. She doesn't want us to have the same struggles that she had. Uh, where in so many cases and so commonly we do. We, we suffer and, and have the same you know, issues and discrepancies come up that she had. So it's very frustrating, frustrating, I would assume, for her to see us go through that, not listen, be hard-headed. Um, but do you want me to delve into some of the stories, though, about Oshun? I, I got one today. If you want to go ahead and throw one, I definitely got one today um, that's, that's intense. Well, first and foremost, I think in our community, like even like in, like in drummings, I think when Oshun comes down, everybody, you know, kind of runs for the hills. Because Oshun, at the end of the day, first and foremost, she really doesn't manifest that often. No. Um, and then, you know, the experience, Olorisha has to know that if she's manifesting, it's like, uh-oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, oh, what's what's going on? Something is something is off because she's coming down. It's it's not to to laugh and smile. And if she is, um, beware. And if she is laughing and smiling, <laughs> Be beware. Yeah. Chacho. Exactly. So, um, you know, she she doesn't manifest often, so she's definitely coming to to give someone a good talking to or a few people. Um, but you know, there there is some like old stories I can go over. Well, there's one. Um, again, I don't know how legitimate it is, but this is a story that, that has been told over and over again. That there was um, a drumming. You know, they, well, there was a child of Oshun who had just crowned, um, so she was in Iyawo, and. Um, Unfortunately, and this was in Cuba, her husband, she was in a domestic situation where, you know, her husband apparently was um, was hitting her. I've heard this one, yeah. And she, um, they would go to the drummings, as drummings are very common in Cuba. And, you know, Oshun would come down and manifest. And when she would manifest, like I said, everybody trembles. And she came up to this gentleman and she advised him not to hit her child you know hit because this woman was a daughter of oshun just crowned oshun she was just born into the religion and she said i'm warning you so the next drumming comes and it looks like the gentleman was still doing it so this is the second drumming she manifests again and um oshun talks to this gentleman and says i saw you and i see what you're doing and if you keep doing this you know i'm gonna get rid of you and um you know the guy kind of brushed it off, and um, on the third time, they went to the drumming, and Oshun came down, and she said, um, I thought I told you that, you know, this was going to be your last chance. It was your last chance, and now I'm going to deal with you. You're going to get dealt with, essentially. And um, leaving the drumming that night, that gentleman got run over by a truck, and that was the end of him. So that is a little example of um, why Oshun, you know, is the smallest but most feared because that's that's the type of thing we're talking about here. She's not playing. Not at all. Not at all. And uh, I have a couple, honestly. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the vehicular thing because there was a – I'm not going to mention his name because, you know, I don't want to sully anybody. But 
um, there was a babalawo that was very well known in Cuba. We're talking about 1950s, like, you know, original guys. And, um, you know, back then, the awos, they, they had a very different ambiance. You know, it was a different culture. It was very machista. And um, this guy goes to a drumming, right? He goes to a tambor. And um, I think he was a son of Oshun. And Oshun comes down um, on a person that was of a different orientation than the gentleman. And Oshun looked at him and said, give me what you owe me. You know, because I guess he had a debt or he had made a promise or something of that nature. And um, I think the guy was a little inebriated. And, you know, he basically made a, made a gesture that wasn't appropriate, you know. And Oshun said, I got you. And this gentleman was taking a bus back to where he lived. He lived in Guanabacoa. And um, that bus flipped over, and the only person that, that passed away in that bus was him. You know, so she's very... She has that Iami energy. She has that vulture energy where you really don't want to insult. You don't want to switch it up on her. You know, it's very because everybody looks at her, the ha ha he he. And, you know, she's pretty and she dresses well. And, you know, the perfume, the Gucci and, and she's not playing at all. There's another story um, that I'll get into. I actually met a gentleman that told me this. He told me the story about him. He had received hand of Ifa. He came out of son of Oshun and he was saving up to crown Orisha. I don't think he was trying to do Ifa. And um, the guy, I mean, back when you could initiate into Orisha, you know, for maybe, you know, a couple thousand dollars compared to what it is now, um, he was able to procure the money. But temptation always comes on the path to success. So he started going out to the clubs. He started going out to some clubs that, you know, were adult rated and he started making it rain. And before you know it, $5,000 went right into the air and, you know, right out the window. Um, needless to say, things started going horribly for him. Um, he goes to get a consultation with his godfather where, you know, within any Fa consultation, we're asking, what are the things that need to be done for the consultation to end? And they said that they asked 20 things and it said, no, 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 no seed, 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 seed. So at that point, the Babalawo got creative and he was like, Hey, I'm going to ask this simply because this is our last option. I mean, we'll be here all day. You did something that really, really hit this woman wrong. He said, we're going to ask if you have to lick honey from the front door all the way to Oshun's sopera on the floor. And he was like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. You know how, you know, I'm not doing that. And, you know, his wife said, uh, you need to. So when they asked, immediate yes. And the guy did it. It took him about a half an hour to be able to humble himself. And believe me, these are not common measures. But for that to happen like that, where, you know, the probabilities of the Ifa Oracle responding to something negatively 20 times in a row, that's that's unheard of. That's never happened to me in seven years of formal practice. So Oshun will bring you down to your knees. She will make you humble yourself and she'll take away everything that makes you happy. So um, not really happy stories. You know, if, if she's manifesting, it's because she came to collect. Right. And so I, I always tell, you know, my clients or, or my students, they always want to run and they make all these offerings to Oshun. Oh, oh I'm going to go to the river. Oh, I put honey in the river. You Leave know, alone. Oh, I, I need a lover. I said, you don't understand that this is actually the worst thing you can do. Leave and it's a, you're causing a detriment to yourself. Uh, Oshun is a deity that needs to be respected. She does not like to be bothered. And um, it's definitely not necessarily a deity that especially uninitiated people uh, we would recommend that they are making offerings to because you just don't know enough about the deity to delve in. 
and, you know, be able to properly, right, you know, make these offerings and do these things. You got to respect um, the points of nature that have to do with Oshun. You know, me as a child of Oshun, I don't go to the river. No, you we know, don't even I bother don't her, bother really. I bother Oshun for anything. I just go to Oshun and thank her. Thank her for everything. Thank, thank her that I woke up that morning. And, uh, and, and that's about it. As far as asking her for anything, you know, us children of Oshun who have been in this for a while, we understand that that's, that's really not the way to go. No, no, not at all. And, and it's, it's, I was just about to mention that. I mean, we have her crowned. I mean, we have her nice, she's dusted, everything's the way it needs to be, but I say good morning, mom, and I keep it moving because my guys are like Eshu, Shango, you know, these are the guys I'm really on top of. These are the guys that really are, are there um, or are raising their hand. But Oshun, if, if Oshun comes defending me or if Shun wants something from me, it's telling me it's of an extreme priority and I need to get a move on because it's, it's, she just doesn't really interact with us on that level. You know, you know, she's there, you know, she loves you, you know, you do your thing, but you really keep her moving. And, and one of the reasons she's most feared is because Oshun was the first woman on earth. Um, and the Yodu Ochetura was actually where she came down from heaven. And um, she came down with the 16 men who were the Meji or the Babalawus. And she was their cook. But the Meis were very disrespectful to her. They were always saying, your cooking sucks, you know, and just very rude. And she would cry every day because she's like, you know, I, I do so much for these men and they don't appreciate anything. Orula walked by and saw what was going on, asked her why she was crying. She explained. And he was like, hey, why don't you put this powder in their food so they respect you? And she's like, you know, I'm not a brujala like that. I, I don't I don't like doing that. And he says, well, if you don't, they're going to walk over you forever. And she poisoned their food. And the Meis started getting sick. They went for divination. They went in front of Olodumare and they're like, yo, we have an issue. Everything's going wrong. We're sick. And he said, who's missing here? And they said, Oshun. And he said, well, that's your issue. You need to grovel and ask for forgiveness from that woman so that she can lift this curse because I don't even want problems with her. She is in a position right now being the leader of the Iami that that's whatever she wants is what you have to give her. And they all knelt in front of her. They begged her for forgiveness. They said they'll never, even if the food was horrible, which it wasn't, um, she, you know, they would never, ever do that again. And Orula provided her with the antidote. And that's why Oshun is the Apete B. And you see her usually serving the table or one of her daughters doing so. So that's why this, this woman is so feared, you know. And that's why, you know, you never tell a woman that her cooking's horrible. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Respect. You know what I'm saying? Respect. So, um... Another thing why she's feared, you know, in the Odu of Ochebara, it speaks of when a gentleman received a kingdom by attending to her. And then when he had a lot, he forgot about her. So, you know, Poroye, I have to ask you, what's your Ochun routine like when you actually interact with mom? Um, You know, just gratitude, right? Making sure that uh, I'm invoking always with a positive energy and, and just once again, you know, being very grateful for everything that um, she has provided to me in my life, in my journey, in my spiritual journey. And, um, you know, it's just simple things. Like even when things don't go necessarily the way we expect it to go, having faith in her and understanding that, hey, if this didn't work out, it's because there's either something better or there's definitely a reason for it. It's a blessing in disguise. And just having that open faith, that unlimited amount of faith in her, I think um, is is my strategy um, that I that I use with Oshun 
and it's a, it's actually worked out quite well for me. Um, so, you know, just not necessarily asking, but thanking and just having a relationship with her where I, I know I'm never alone. I know that energy is always with me through thick and thin, that she holds me in hard times, that, you know, she's, she holds my tears and that she's with me in good times. And it's just an unlimited amount of love and gratitude that I have with her. And, and when I do invoke her, which is not uh, necessarily too often, but, you know, we definitely want to invoke and, and just be thankful and utilize gratitude, gratitude within our practice of invoking Oshun and taking care of Oshun. Awesome. You know, you look at Oshun and you mentioned, you know, let's leave her alone. Let's give her her space. Um, there's actually uh, a path of Oshun. And, and you guys on the channel have asked a lot about Oshun paths, right? We touched on Oshun Ibukole, um, which is the vulture um, you know, and you know, that really being the primordial Oshun, she's present in the Odu of Eobe. Um, but another Oshun that's very popular, um, and really personifies this is Oshun Ibuyumu, right? Which is the, uh, the Oshun that lives at the bottom of the river. And she takes a long time to be able to respond to her followers. You know, some people call her La Soda or the one that doesn't hear. You're also going to hear this attribute even given to Ibu Aquaro. Um, but that's why you got to ring the bell very hard to be able to get her attention. And that's why she's like, if you're really asking me for something, it has to be something, you know, worth my time and energy because she really is miraculous. You know, however small people want to view her, she makes miraculous things happen, whether it's, you know, allowing infertile women to be able to conceive, allowing women to be or people, their, their children to be able to find that ideal partnership to experience the epitome of happiness. That's why Oshun has so much to do with children and relationships because another person can make us far happier than we can make ourselves. And her recognizing that um, is what led to that happiness. You know, in the beginning, Poroye, you talked about poverty. You know, we talked about, you know, why is Oshun associated with money and economics? Because at one point she had very, very little of the both. The Yoruba people are really associated with bronze work, copper work, iron work, you know, the role that Ogun played there. And Oshun is associated with gold because originally she was associated with these metals, you know, even to the point, the stain that these metals give off on clothing, which, you know, leads to the, you know, really prototypical story of where she was so poor, she would have to wash her clothes every day that were originally white and became yellow. Right. And why she had to go through the Orisha process um, to be able to, you know, cleanse her destiny. Um, you know, I, I ask you, have you noticed, you know, is money an issue with the children of Oshun? You know, is having a lot of it, a little bit, you know, any of that. I think just from from my personal experience, um, you know, I can only really speak for myself, but I as a child of Oshun throughout my whole life struggled in with poverty in poverty um it it um it really is a humbling experience um to know what it's like not to have to know what it's like you know to not know if you're going to eat um and things of that nature so i can honestly say that in 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 my personal journey i have experienced a severe amount of poverty but at the same time, this, this poverty and, and these struggles were a blessing because they have made me who I am today. They toughened me up. They made me ambitious. Um, you know, they, they taught me, you know, to appreciate what I have. 
um, whether I have a lot or a little bit, understanding what's important in life. And so, yes, as a child of Oshun, I mean, it's it's definitely was a huge topic in my life. And, you know, and I have learned that, you know, the materialistic things are not what's important. And, and I, I thank Oshun for, you know, giving me those struggles throughout my life because ultimately, um, you know, they have helped me throughout my life. So, yes, it's hurtful, but it's it's beautiful at the same time. It's painful, but you have to feel the pain to grow. You have to feel the pain uh, to progress. And as a child of Oshun, that much I have felt. That's where you learn the greatest lessons. It's through that adversity. And, you know, she went through so much of it. And to be honest with you, I really think that the children of Oshun that are aligned with their guardian Orisha and their Ori, they're actually very low maintenance, very simplistic people. Not that, you know, they don't like nice things. Everybody does, but they're really not focused on that. I think they're focused more on the moments and the memories. And you see that within her character. You know, in the Odu Obeche was where Oshun was Olodumari's daughter. And she had everything. But, you know, she really didn't like that other people didn't have as much. And, you know, Lodumari wanted her to live a certain way, be a certain way, materialistic, being that she came from such royalty. She really wasn't digging that at all. And apart from that, he really wasn't accepting her relationship. So she said, you know what? I'm out. And she completely relinquished her title and went to live at the river. You know, when she left, her father, Olodumari, realized, like, whoa, you know, things have not been the same since my daughter left, you know. And when he performed divination, Obeche said that he had to make offerings to Oshun at the river. You know, he had to really swallow the, the, the pill of pride and humility there to be able to take this curse off. Because, you know, when Oshun really te pone la lengua arriba, when she's really focused on you, she makes things bad. And um, when he arrived at the river, you know, she made him wait, you know, ironically. And, um, you know, after a while, you know, she came out and she said, you know, Father, how can I help you? He said, you know, I need you back in the palace. I need uh, things to go well. I want us to be on good terms. I don't want war with you. You know, I'm realizing my ideology is not the best, but this is what I've known. And Oshun said, you know, I forgive you. I don't forget what you've done. Because of that, I can't give you the opportunity to do it again. So I'm going to live here at the river. And when you or anybody else wants to come and speak to me, you come here. But make sure you're coming with a real reason. Don't waste my time. So she kind of became a bohemian. She kind of, and in the Odu Ogundabede, when she got with Orula, she lived in the jungle and she was very happy just assisting Orula with his Ifa practice and, you know, just helping him. And, and really their love story is, I guess, what will come full circle with, you know. And in the Odu of Irete Meji, um, it speaks of Oshun, right? And Oshun here had gone through her process with um, Shango. She was very bitter about what Shango had done to her and how she had invested so much emotion into that relationship and how he mistreated her and didn't appreciate all that she gave. She said, you know, I'm never going to be with nobody no more. You know, I'll just focus on me, you know. But there was a guy named Orula. And he was in love with Oshun forever, you know, from the shadows, because he was a really, you know, uh, respectful guy. He was really um, reserved. But, you know, he couldn't miss the opportunity that Oshun was single. Um, and she hadn't had any children, ironically, uh, based on the negativity that came from the relationship with Shango. So Rumela one day went by the river, you know, he put on his good cologne and he said, oh, Oshun, how are you? And she was like, I'm fine, Orula, what do you want? And he's like, well, you know, I see that, you know, you're single now. You know, have you found happiness? You know, how has life treated you? 
She said, I had a horrible divorce and I'm done with men. And he said, well, you know, I really hope you reconsider because I want to marry you. And she said, you know, you're really something else. You, do you see how I look right now? Do you see my clothes? You know, my hair's not done. You know, I got no kids. What do you want with me? And he says, I, I think you look more beautiful now than I've ever seen you because you know who you are. And this like really threw Ochung for a whirl. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm going to do this again. And in Irete Meji was where Ochung married Orumela, apart from many other signs. But she was actually able to have a child. Um, in, you know, later years, her first child in later years, and it was with Orumela, and the child's name was Poroye, and it was their love child, you know, they, and they stayed together forever. You know, ironically, you know, I have somebody sitting next to me whose name is uh, Poroye. Yes, that's right. The only child that, uh, the only daughter that Oshun had with Orumela. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, without getting into specifics, you know, how does that story resonate with you? How, how does it make you feel, especially about Mama? And knowing all that she went through and that there was a positive ending even after going through all that adversity. I think I, I definitely relate uh, to everything that Oshun went through, especially in the story. Um, just going through it and then, you know, finding such a bright light at the end of the tunnel and um, just how gratifying that is. And just to see what Oshun went through and, and just that she finally found her happiness, which she so much deserved. So that really hits home for me in so many ways. Likewise. I, I must ask you, Poroye, after this wonderful interaction, and I'm so happy we did this video about Mama because, you know, a lot of people are like, damn, Baba, you did 80 videos and you're coming out with her now. I tell you the amount of love and respect I have for my guardian, Orisha, to be able to actually sit here and speak about her in a way that does her justice. It took some time, you know, even refining within myself. So, you know, I'm going to leave off with these final questions. Boroye, you know, what does Oshun mean to you? And, you know, what has she been able to provide, you know? Oshun, what Oshun means to me is, is the epitome of humility. Ashe. Um, and all that, what a mother represents and the love of a mother and uh, just mother nature. Just she is strong. She makes me strong. And um, Oshun is, is, I hold her dear to my heart always. Beautiful. And I'll say myself, um, this Orisha really changed my life. I remember when I received Hand of Ifa and, you know, everybody goes, at least me, you know, I was young. I was 18. Um, I had heard so much about Shango. I was like, I was a Shango child. My hair was long, wild. And, you know, I remember when I asked for Shango and it said no, my whole world dropped. And out of nowhere, my Yubona of Hand of Ifa was behind me. Um, and he was like, ask for Oshun before she gets mad. I said, look at this guy. This guy doesn't know what he's talking about, man. Oshun, man, you don't see all this man here? And uh, I remember when they pulled it, the rock fell. And I was like, oh, my God, you know. And it was a real humility check because, you know, this preconceived notion of flowers and glitter and all these things, she's the complete opposite. I mean, it's to the point where Oshun has male paths. Like, there's uh, such a thing in Nigeria and Isheshe known as Oshun Okunring, right? Um, what has Oshun done for me? She's given me everything. I would say the hardest thing I ever accomplished in life, one of the hardest things, um, but the hardest spiritual thing I ever accomplished in life was crowning her. 
Ifa was pretty easy. It's never easy, but it was much more streamlined. But Oshun made me wait 11 years from the time that I started becoming interested in Ifa to that actual moment when I went in that room. And she made me work for it. She says, if you want to be with me, you're going to work for it. And I thank God she did that because it's made me appreciate her in a way that, uh, you know, I, I can't fully express. I think that's why I got the name Oshun Nike because it means Oshun's most spoiled child. And I feel like she's laughing at me because, you know, there were certain moments when I didn't feel spoiled at all. But now um, coming full circle, accomplishing the little that I have, I realize she spoiled me um, very much. So, you know, I don't want to get emotional. The river is within us, you know. So um, what an epic interaction, my love. And a um, couple closing comments um, from Our Roots podcast, um, where only the strongest roots see the light, brought to you by Botanica Candles and More with Joseph Babaifa. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button, tap that like button, share it, comment on it. A couple great things that we have here at the store going on. Um, Oshun Poroye's Spiritist Mentorship Program. We're going to have links for merch. A lot of people have really been loving these shirts. We're going to have them in a bunch of different colors. Um, Ifa classes are coming. If you want to schedule a consultation to begin your, begin your Ifa journey, you're going to have those links in um, this video. I want to thank Oshun Poroye. I want to thank our uh, our, pro our, our our production team, our recording team, and I want to thank Orumila and Oshun for giving us the opportunity to have these experiences to relay them with you guys. So until next time, see the light. <laughs>